Season two of the John Talks podcast is underway. And of course, who else would I rather have to start the second season off than the judge, Joe Brown, an Uber man of steel, Ted Trendacosta. Season one went so well, number one in uh, all the charts of the very niche categories. And uh, figure, let's bring it back. But yeah, how you guys been? Like I, said, an like I always say, I listen to 100% of the episodes I'm on. So if you have me on every time, that's that's big retention rate. Dude, don't forget, you had uh, big international numbers with Terrace House. It is actually insane. I can pull that up. But you sent me the picture of, like way back when we were doing the, this. I, I've gotten, yeah, we got viewers in. I'm going to pull this up right now. We got listeners in. Ireland, Israel, Canada, Germany, Ooh. UK, Japan, France, Kenya, Singapore, and Argentina. So we're world famous. Yeah. Well, those numbers are going to go up because of the we, gigantic free advertisement you got in the new Uberman of Steel video today. When I saw that, it was like, it was right off the bat. It was, it, yeah. it, might, have, it might as well have been the video was sponsored by John Talks. Yeah. I, really, I texted Perez that uh, he was going to be in my next video. And he wants uh, he wants a little residge coming his way. <laughs> I saw I saw the preview for it, so I'm excited for that, and I have to finish. Yeah, the whole man, video. it's uh, so, it's dense. It was longer. It was like ten minutes longer until I edited it down, and now it's just an hour. I was so mad during that segment because Ted was like, "Oh, so when we did that draft, Perez, I, and the other guests," and I was just like. <laughs> I was just no, I didn't. Even, I didn't say John's name. I well, said, you said John talks. When you I said, said John, the John talks. talks, and you showed his photo, so therefore yeah. we knew who John was. But then you were like, and the other guests, and I'm like, hey, that's all I have to tell. I guess. Dude, I literally said myself, the host, and the other guest. Yeah, well, we know the host is John. Yeah, John who? John Krasinski from The Office. Is that no. his name? John, John Perez, baby, one and only. Yeah, Although I'm sure right. there's probably more than one in the world. It's a common name. <laughs> It is, and the person who owns the Twitter handle at John Perez, J O N P E R E Z, only has like two Twitter followers and hasn't tweeted in like seven years. Nice. And I, I want to report his account from, <laughs> and just like spam it, make it available, and then take it. Gimme, um, gimme. I wish right. I, I wish I didn't know the pains of having a generic name. Uh, but last <laughs> week I was not allowed into the office because my badge wasn't working when it was reinstated because they didn't believe my name was so simple and joseph brown <laughs> so they didn't reinstate my id i had to meet with security to like prove who i was that actually happened to me when i went to canada for a pokemon tournament once when i came back through customs the customs guy was like are you aware you have an extremely common name i was like yes <laughs> and then i got like i went to like the the like deportation room for like 50 minutes like waiting to get cleared and i met with a person at the desk for less than one minute i swear to god 49 of the 50 minutes were sitting in a chair waiting to get deported and then i saw the guy who was like all right you're good to go and then just left. like he just wasted an hour of my life because he didn't like pokemon or something i didn't understand what was the deal with that customs agent ted can you imagine Judge is sitting in a room alone. He's got the light in his eyes, <laughs> and there's just a there's a few Mounties in there. What's like, your oh, real name? Yeah, what's your real name? Come <laughs> on, what's your real name? Oh, Joseph Brown. What, Joseph Brown. Are that's are an extremely common name. Joseph Brown. What are these Pokemon? Like, is that hash? Is that weed? What is that? 
what type of drugs are you bringing in here? It's brutal, dude. <laughs> no, no, that's that. But all right, so on today's pod, we're going to have another draft, and we'll talk about that later. It's been a while since we talked about baseball. Um, Ted, your team, the Dodgers, biggest free agent signing, at least yeah, the most. I'm so, uh, so stoked about it. Real on cloud nine when it happened. I was like, this is a great day in history. Why couldn't Bob? I'm so glad Bob Nightingale was wrong, like he always is, finally. He gets one wrong, and it's in the favor of this guy. <laughs> it is insane how wrong he is. He's amazing. That, He's my king. You got to give him credit now. Do you know how hard it is to be wrong every single time? It's spectacular. It's something else to and just be that wrong. It takes a lot of confidence to keep so, putting yourself back out there after <laughs> being so wrong. And he doesn't delete his tweets. That's he the worst leaves part. them up. No, I admire him for that. It's like he's wrong, but he's like, well, it's got to be out there. I was wrong. People got to see that I was wrong. All right, let's let's role play. Who wants to be Nightingale? I'll be I'll be like oh, a best friend. I'll always be I'll always be Nightingale. All right, so you call me up. <laughs> yeah, I heard uh heard uh, there's a trade between the uh, D-backs and the uh, Braves. What do you got for me? Yeah, and I'll be Alex Anthopoulos. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's big trade coming. We just traded. Ronald Acuna Jr., Ozzy Alves for the deferred money of Patrick Corbin. And then I'll go out there and tweet that. Like, I, because that's irrational. I believe that without a thought. The GM told me that. President of Baseball Ops said to me, or I would have to say, sources close to the situation has said that uh, the Washington Nationals have just traded just the deferred money of Patrick Corbin. To the Atlanta Braves. I want to imagine that day, Bob Nightingale, because he definitely doesn't have cell phone numbers. So he probably called like the Mets, like front office and a secretary picks up and it's like, uh, yeah, Sandy, we got Bob Nightingale from USA Today on the line. Um, He wants, he said that you guys signed Trevor Bauer and Sandy's like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Tell him that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. I got got work to do. Yeah, yeah, sure. I almost had a heart do? attack when uh, I think Ted, I think you've retweeted another reporter named Bobby Nightingale. Oh, yeah. yeah I yeah, legitimately yeah. almost had a heart attack. I was like, did he go through a rebrand in his like 60s? Like, <laughs> I, is I, he Bobby now? And it's I, a completely I, different reporter. When I saw that tweet as well, I was like, Bobby Nightingale? <laughs> is that like. His what are the odds that two baseball writers are both named Bob Nightingale? Yeah. Like, and the Bob Nightingale, Sir Bob Nightingale. He writes for USA Today. It's not a small place. It's not a small place. Yeah. Like if he just wrote for, you know, like genericbaseballblog.com. Okay. I get it. He's writing for USA Today, which is, which is insane. You've got to give it. Hey, they could pay me to just be wrong every so often. Right. Like how, what do I have to do to get, get that gig of just be wrong? No, it's awful. It's uh, it's bad, but uh, so yeah, the title defense continues for the Dodgers. Trevor Bauer now in the rotation, forty-one million dollars as a number sure. three starter. I, I know, know it's not your money. Like, see, here's yeah, the thing. like if I was a Dodger fan, and I'll let you go off on a tangent here, I don't care about the money because it's not my money, and it's only what it, it like a three-year deal. It's a two. It's a out. yeah. If he goes all the way, it's a two-year deal, and then it's like a mutual option for the third right the team yeah. option, something like that. You live with them for two years. That's fine. Imagine if he got, I don't know, a seven-year deal, like oh, a forty man. million a piece. Then yeah, then we've got a problem. Yeah, it's like it's like the worst thing is like 
how much do you believe in like a 60 game season for a starting pitcher against you the know? NL Central the whole time. against the NL Central as well where they had one team finish above 500 and then they all got bounced in the playoffs in like the fir- in the wild card round right even no it's insane yeah. uh, judge uh, have you uh, have you bought into the yankee talk of well Severino will come back. Oh, the, pre- the Yankee propaganda. I We've think, got Stanton. Stanton's coming it's back. Like, oh, well, you know how good pitchers. judges. All well, it's like could... we have nine starting pitchers. That's a good problem to have. It's like, no, it's not Cashman. Like you want five strong pitchers. And I worry even more. I, I guess I worry in general with pitchers this year, especially young ones, since they only had, you know, maybe 12 or 11 or 12 starts in general uh, last season. You know, because like they're, it's going to be hard for them to go from 11 starts to like 32 starts for their arm to hold up. Like, I'm sure Garrett Cole will be fine, but like some of those younger pitchers won't be able to do that. So, like, not only are you taking a risk on Kluber, who hasn't pitched in two years, you're hoping Montgomery comes back to something, you're hoping that, you know, Herman comes back to some level, Severino returns and it's fine. Like, they're, they legitimately are going to need at least eight pitchers. Debbie Garcia is not going to give you 200 innings as a young kid. Like they need seven or eight starters just to get through 162 games. And I just don't know if that's possible. Meanwhile, their most consistent pitcher over the last seven years is now playing in Japan again for literally no reason, because they'd rather take a chance on Kluber than actually pay and, you know, respect their statistically best starting pitcher in postseason in club postseason history in Tanaka. Now he's just back in Japan for no reason, just because cash was like, now nah, I'll save $2 million on Kluber. It's like, well, you might also get 150 less innings out of Kluber than you would have Tanaka. That surprised me. I always felt that Tanaka was a guy that said, all right, well, if I'm not going to play for the Yankees, I'll go back home. Like, that doesn't surprise me. But I'm shocked that the Yankees didn't make more of a concerted effort you don't think to bring him back. When he, when he hurt his own market saying that, that that wasn't like a, all right, well, let's reward this guy. Give him like a two-year deal, you know, whatever, $13 million a year or something like that, just to – just like, you know, be what, like you rewarded LeMahieu, right? Giving him that sixth year because he wanted the years of, of control at less money. So, like, why couldn't you have rewarded Tanaka? Yeah. And everyone who was just saying LeMahieu was very vocal about just wanting to return to the Yankees. Right. Yeah. How much is uh, Brett Gardner getting paid? That was my next question. Yeah, Your thoughts on the Brett Gardner return? What is it? Just like one year, like eight million or something like that. Well, it's just I like I don't know I was the exact like, number, but it's it's a it's money that could be going to Tanaka. I was yes, gonna say absolutely. like why like why pay Gardner when you clearly have a need for a starter? Because he's a you... good guy, Ted. He's you know fun in the locker room. He's like a great leader. He bats 200. He's trying to be Barry Bonds when he's 38 years old now, when he wasn't a home run hitter. Oh, it's 1.858 million. Where did you oh. get 8 million for 1.85 million for Gardner. Oh, that's nothing. That they yeah, were. So nothing. he's only, he's literally only there because there were there were rumors that he was going to retire yeah. last year if they won the title. So if he's being paid that cheap, then he's only coming back just so he could win a title and you know to get Hopefully, take yeah. the the Michael Strahan way out. Yeah, up until uh, Aroldis Chapman takes that mound in the last egg winner go home game and yeah, gives man. up a bomb like he always does. Hey, well, you know what? Always entertaining either way. <laughs> You know, Chapman that, leaves at least half of the half of the viewers happy, no matter what. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that was going to be the last point that I bring up about the Yankees is, you know, Chapman's not throwing 105 anymore, and there's plenty of better right. relievers out there that can throw more than one pitch. 
Um, how many how many more years does he have left on the contract? He's uh, he just renewed it, I think, two years ago. Right, no, so his contract no, no. ends at the year. end of twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. having said that, okay, they don't have to trade him right away, but I'd imagine. See, here's the thing: the Yankees are never in a scenario where they're out of it in August, so they want to trade off their pieces. Right. And when that happened in twenty sixteen, it was beneficial for them. But I can't imagine the Yankees, one, being out of it this year because the division just took a hit. They should win that division in a landslide. Um, But, like, you know that the move for the Yankees is to trade Chapman and try and find another closer out there. But for what? What Right, I know. That's the problem. Like, there's no other better option out there for a closer. And Britain is hurt now, so Britain's going to miss some time, unfortunately. it's, It's just frustrating that Chapman has just become so unreliable. And he's still right. the best option. And it's easy to say trade him, but who are you trading him for? You, you, I think that's the state of relief pitching in general right, right. now, right? Like Edwin Diaz, uh, Trevor Rosenthal, you know, like all, all these relievers who are sometimes uh, – it wasn't like Liam Hen- – didn't Liam Hendricks have like a .8 ERA one year? Yeah. And then yeah. he had like a four ERA the next. Like it's just like the state of relievers. I think even Josh Hader had like – close to a four ERA last year, which obviously had less games to get that number down than a full season. But like, it's just, it's just something with relievers. They just leave those pitches, those one-on-one pitches over the middle and they get, they get crushed for it. Yeah. I just not, think they it's, don't actually know how to pitch. They're just throwing it over faster than hitters can, can hit it. I just think it's easier to like figure out relievers than starters mm-hmm. because like they want to pitch you a certain way. Cause they only have like, of a truly one effective weapon. And then obviously they might have like an, a breaking pitch that'll be effective or, you know, mix it up. But like, if you know what you're looking for up there, like it solves so many problems of just having to like, you know, guess when someone's throwing one Oh five, if it's like this guy throws one Oh five, you can expect, all right, then, you know, shorten my swing and for a fastball. And hit yeah, it now Chapman's a slider pitcher. He's not yeah. a fastball pitcher anymore. My favorite moment of 2020 was Ahmed Rosario hitting a walk-off home run in Yankee Stadium. It was great, and that happened <laughs> yeah, the day yeah, that the that sale, and that happened the day that the sale was reported uh, for Steve Cohen, like that the owners approved him. So it was yeah. all, you, all you needed was a double rainbow as like another image right. that it was going to be all right for Mets fans. And then what happens the next day? The Mets blow a five-run lead in the ninth inning to the Yankees and lose. Yeah. So there's that. Um, one thing on the Mets. I just hope they throw the bank at uh, at both Lindor and Conforto. Keep it how it is. DeGrom's yeah. got to stay healthy. Stroman's got to show up. I, I'm, I'm sick and tired of Stroman talking a big game. He needs to do something for the Mets. I understand that he was a good pitcher in the World Baseball Classic and for the Blue Jays, but he hasn't done anything for the Mets yet. He wanted to sit out last year. That's his prerogative. I'm fine with that, and I'm not going to knock a player for sitting out um, due to safety uh, issues. Having said that, though, he's got to step it up this year because – if Degrom goes down, you're missing Carrasco and Syndergaard at least until labor, uh, at least until Memorial Day. So Stroman becomes your ace, and that rotation is not that great. It's David Patterson is a rookie plus. It's very thin, isn't it's it? Very, yes. Right, exactly. Top heavy. Right, which you know you why, could have the Mets call all the Dodgers. I'm sure they'll have a starter they can give up. I wasn't opposed to the Mets signing Bauer, which was insane. Yeah. How Mets Twitter started the offseason off as let's get Bauer no matter what we could do. They were eating up all of his watch momentum videos. And then mm-hmm. after they made a few signings, 
and traded for Lindor, they were like, oh, you know what? I don't want Bauer anymore. It's like, what changed? He didn't pitch in the, in the winter where you're like, oh, I don't want him anymore. It's not like it was a, a, a midseason evaluation there. So it was just, it was just so frustrating. It's like, why wouldn't you take Bauer? Especially if he only wanted a three-year deal. It's not your money. Yeah. <laughs> like, relax. If, if Steve Cohen's actually going to write blank checks or offer blank checks out there, then you live with it. The team is in win now. He said that the window for the team, if, if they don't win in three years, it's going to be considered a disappointment. Then you take it. But listen, that's just how I see it. Um, the Mets are the best team in New York, Judge. Um, so take that. No, I'm teasing. But it is a lot closer. Well, they're, they're well, I think, the big mar- they're I the think big there's a chance that they are, they are New York's team after all the Mets. Uh, no, I think the issue with the Mets that I worry about is that the NL East compared to the AL East is significantly stronger. So, like, the Mets very well could be a, very, a, a strong team, but the Phillies, Phillies, Braves, and Nationals and Marlins, any of oh, those yeah. four teams could also win 95 games. Where in the AL East – Maybe only the Blue Jays give a threat to the, to the Yankees, but all all five teams in the NL East could win that division. Like as we saw last year with the Marlins, that actually made the playoffs for the first time in forever. So, like, I worry for the Mets from that pitching standpoint. Of even if you are good, two out of every five games, if Degrom and Stroman win every game, it's like, well, if you lose every other game with like your other five, you know, bad five starters. Like then you still might not make this this division, and you lost the additional playoff spots that were there last year. Those aren't here anywhere. You got the, the there's no DH back or anything, so that hurts your offensive output as well. Like so, I guess I'm a little I'm I'm hoping the Mets do well because I think it's more fun when both New York teams are doing well at the same time. But like I'm more concerned. Like if I had to bet, I would say it's more likely than not that they don't win their division i agree with that 100 percent. i still think the braves are the best team over there the problem is they don't have a closer but i'm trying to think of teams in the nl east that have a bona fide shutdown closer and that's just an epidemic across baseball we'll give them Um, familia (laughs) right exactly (laughs) um that's one thing that i that i did not miss was all these local uh all these local outlets saying oh the yankees need a pitcher the mets need an outfielder Oh, here's a Met Yankee trade. Those articles are so lazy and dumb. Yeah. Like it's like, like a few years ago, it was, oh, you know, the Yankees should give up uh, Floreal and uh, Torres and Andujar for DeGrom and Syndergaard. It's like, are there not 28 other teams in the league? I'm still also, waiting for DeGrom that? to be a Yankee. I'm still saying right. that. I'm still waiting. They said it was going to happen. I'm still waiting. No, I hear you. Um, yeah, that's one thing I'm not going to miss. No, listen, I think, I think the Braves and the, and the Nationals are going to – the Nationals specifically will have a bounce-back year. They yeah. just got Brad Hand. Uh, that's going to help them. So, no, I don't, I don't like that the Mets are favored to win the division. I like the moves that they made in the offseason. But the Mets have not proven anything since 2016. So it's like, why would this core and, – and that team's not around anymore. So why would this core group of team uh, – this core group – give you optimism heading into this year um i don't know what the i don't know what the mets did to be better than the braves over the offseason is really right what it comes down to yeah i think i think lindor like i am so excited for lindor in a huge market because he like you guys know he's my favorite player in in the league and i think he's i think he's legitimately a superstar where like 
the, you know, MLB's trying to like, you know, like fabricate this like Fernando Tatis narrative that he's the most exciting player and everyone should watch San Diego baseball and also like, but like Lindor's right there in the Big Apple this whole year. Like I think potentially, like I think he's hit like I know spring training, but I think it's been four home runs in the last seven games or something in spring training for the Mets. And one of those was a grand slam. Like he's got phenomenal defense. Like I, I think there's a chance that like Lindor just absolutely takes over this city and, you know, maybe that that'll keep him in, in New York. Cause if he doesn't want to sign a contract, like if he wants to get to free agency and he has a bad year and the Mets go 75 wins, like why would he stay here for 10 years? I was looking at his numbers and with the exception of stolen bases, he's a better player than Jose Reyes. And if he has oh, yeah. those, oh, yeah. and if he continues that up, but see, here's the thing. Jose Reyes is the best shortstop in Mets history. And, you know, you look at Jose Reyes's numbers and you say, oh, he had a good career. I mean, Jose Reyes was a good player and he was an elite caliber shortstop in the beginning of his career. Um, and, and I don't know why, maybe it's because when you're a kid, you everything through rose colored glasses you think that these players when you were younger are better than the current day players but it's like Lindor is head and shoulders better than Reyes at this point which is really really fun to see I hope that it comes to fruition that he gets the extension um last thing before we get into this draft uh, you mentioned Fernando Tatis Jr. listen I think he's a dynamic player I think he's a fun player and he's going to be fun to watch I for the life of me this guy has not played a full season and he's already gotten that big deal. I yeah. mean, why would you give $340 million guaranteed? He also just exited, to... just exited a game with a uh, shoulder right. injury. Right. It, it's not like he is a four-time all-star that is coming up on arbitration. And yeah, like, he has nothing. He has no leverage. And they didn't and they even just save money. It wasn't no. like Ozzy Albies. So, like he sounded like that terrible, like seven year. What was Thirty million dollar contract million. or something. Well, you you didn't even save too. money on Tatis. Yeah, it's uh, it's just like a, I don't know what it is. It's like a, I think they made all those trades for the like starting pitching, and they wanted to be like, look, we're in it, so let's sign Tatis to this big contract to show that we're, you know, in it and we're serious. I just think you could have waited. And yeah. Oh yeah. What, what would have been the bad thing if like you signed him to? At least now, I don't know, a two-year, forty, or a two-year, fifty million-dollar contract. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that to show him good faith. But yeah, I, it just doesn't make sense. And like the way he's yeah. being, the way he's being prodded up, like he's Mike Trout, which he very well could be, obviously at at some point. But at this current point, uh, like you could argue they took too long to prop up Trout, and now they're propping up Tatis too early. You know what I mean? Right. Like, as I have that, like, argument I still people, don't think they're propping up Trout. No, no, I, I understand, but sometimes they go crazy. Like, we've, Ted, we've cut things for, for, for Trout yeah, that are like, but come that on, this is but, crazy. But that doesn't mean anything in the terms of, like, putting clips on MLB.com. It means absolutely nothing. Right, but what I'm saying, like, I've had conversations with people where they're like, well, you have to start the Tatis hype now so that in three years when he actually is the best player in the league, everyone already knows who he is, where it took too long on Trout 
because he was playing on the West Coast, which also Tatis is, so that doesn't change that. And he wasn't winning, so people didn't care about him. So he's, you know, getting these MVPs early on in his career and no one cares. So if you start raising up Tatis now, by the time that it actually matters, he'll already be a household name. And I feel like there are different ways, like you don't, I, you don't have to only just be too late and it's too late to promote someone like Trout or promote them too early like Tati's. Like, I feel like there's more of a Goldilocks, like, standard that we can have here instead of already proclaiming Tati's when the sport is very strong at the shortstop position already. There's, like, 10 star shortstops in this league that we don't have to be spending all this time on a guy who played 50 games in his career so far. But listen, here's the caveat between Trout and and Tati's Jr. is Trout at least – Trout could have won the MVP the year that Cabrera won the Triple Crown. Mm -hmm. There's that. Mike Trout's been to the postseason one time. One time. Mm -hmm. Right. The Padres might very well and should make the playoffs this year. They should find a way to get into the playoffs. I think they're the second best team in the NL behind the Dodgers. So I think for Tatis, and and like the Dodgers, I think the West Coast argument is, is a farce. The Dodgers are in the playoffs every year, and at least I feel like I know everybody on the Dodgers because you Mm -hmm. see them in the postseason every single year. Well, if the Padres are going to be like that, or let's say they have a stretch run where they're in the playoffs three out of five years, you'll get to know Tatis, you'll get to know Hosmer, you'll get to know Machado. The the Angels were never in the playoffs, and Pujols' best years were in St. Louis. So it's like you're trying to think about marketability, you know, Tatis will probably make the playoffs more times than Trout over this next five years, number one. He's got a better supporting cast than Mike Trout has because when you think of the Angels, you just think about Mike Trout. When you think of the Padres now, it's Snell, it's Tatis, Hosmer, Machado, um, Paddock. The list goes on and on. So so that's, that's another thing that he has in his back pocket. But, yeah, all right, because I thought I was in the minority of they should not have given him all that money right now. If, if, if Fernando Tatis Jr. becomes a Hall of Famer in 20 years, that will not surprise me. If he has an injury late in career and the Padres looked to dump that contract seven years down the road, that will also not surprise me. I just think it was way too early to give that contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's so. smart on Tatis because, like, what, he'll be 30-something by the time he can sign a new contract? Who would turn down $340 million? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You was can't. that the Padres' first offer? They're just not good at these negotiations. So they're just like, ah, 340. And his <laughs> agent's like, well, all right, well, what if you, like, break your leg tomorrow? Like, we should definitely take this right now, you know, because yeah. it's there was no downside for that Tatis uh, – from Tatis's end of that contract. Well, I could imagine the Padres went to the agent and said, hey, we want to think about locking up Fernando long-term. What do you think it'll take? And the agent probably didn't even go to Fernando. It was like – uh, $340 million. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the agent goes, Fernando, you're never going to believe this, man. <laughs> now, we know why the pod- now we know why the Padres don't win. They just throw money out. You know, they sign Kimbrell and James Shields and, you know, and just trade them away. Like, this is this is the Padres' MO. But at least the Padres, that year that they doled out all that money, then, like, did a 180 before the trade mm. deadline and didn't let it fester. Um, yeah. They built their farm system. So, good job on that. In, in terms of, like, Tatis being like the face of baseball and all that baseball. So hyper like regionalized, it's insanely regionalized that like 
by the time playoffs roll around, non-baseball fans who are going to watch playoff baseball aren't going to give a shit of who's on the team, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not going to matter if like, who like MLB propping up. It's because it's like, you're propping him up to baseball viewers already who already know he's good. And you're not doing it to other fans, like like non-fans to draw in more of a, a base. So it's, what's the point on propping anyone up if you're not reaching the audience you are saying you want to reach? Well, I know I'm, I for one, am excited because uh, I've been told by the social media accounts that the pod, the Padres Dodgers rivalry is already just as strong as Yankees Red Sox. So that's going to be really exciting to watch this year. That's not hyperbolic in the slightest. I'm remember excited when the it. Padres didn't win a game off the Dodgers in the uh, DS. Yeah. Remember when the Yankees and Red Sox have a hundred years of rivalry yeah, history exactly. and we're going to act like here's five reasons why Dodgers Padres is the next Red Sox Yankees. Like, all right, There's well, only if you, tra- if you trade Kershaw for a vending machine and it gives a curse on the Dodgers for 80 years. Then we'll talk. It's I think the- it doesn't help that the Yankees and Red Sox didn't play in the postseason until 2018 after 2004. Like we were robbed of, I think this young generation was robbed of good Yankees, Red Sox. I remember early 2000s, 99, 03, 04. Those were must watch games, especially in the postseason. Yeah. You don't have that now. And 2018 was great because the Yankees at least stole a game in Fenway. They do the New York, New York. That was fun. But for the three of us who have lived through those old Yankee Red Sox games, those were fun. So we were living on that for this new generation they only had that one postseason, and they need to meet yeah. up in the playoffs more often. Yeah, and like I don't, th- I don't think it was very fun watching Brock Holt hit for the cycle off of Austin Romine, and we're gonna yeah. act like that counts. Like for the rest of history, we're gonna pretend that that counts. Well, it's like, and also like in terms of like the Dodgers Padres rivalry, I can name just because I'm a Dodger fan, I can name a memorable moment in that rivalry, and that was from ten years ago the four plus one game right the Dodgers like but like other than that I can't name a singular moment that's like whoa that what a huge game between those two teams you know is that cranky Carlos Quinton (laughs) yeah yes but that that was more a rivalry between Carlos Quinton and Zach Granke and not between those two teams. I like I Vince Scully saying, uh, Matt Campus saying fertilizer, fertilizer. fertilizer yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I was talking to my brother the other day, but I was like, you could argue the Rangers hate the Padres more than the Dodgers hate the Padres. Yeah. They hate, oh, yeah. They hate Tatis for the grand slam. Like they're trying to prop, oh, these two teams hate each other. The, the, the Dodgers see the Padres is like just a little like fly that they can just like flick away. They don't care about the Padres. Yeah. Yet. The Padres are trying so hard to not have Dodger fans be able to buy tickets for when the season's over. Yeah, they're trying to figure out a way to keep Dodger fans home. Which is insane. Why why would you not take money? Right. Yeah. Do you not want revenue? You do not want money. You do not want my money? You guys because it would look bad if if 90% of of Petco Park is Dodger fans when they're trying to build up this. Yeah, but that's how it already is. Right. Right. But they're trying to manipulate the narrative. Yeah, like this and, is some and, even 50 50 rivalry. Yeah, remember when the D backs tried to do that and they were like, Oh, hey, you guys behind home plate wearing Dodgers uniforms, either change or leave. <laughs> and that blew up in their face. Yeah, I also think, too, Judge, you can remember this. When did the Yankees play the Orioles in the postseason? 2012, 2013? I believe uh, 2013. I right? want to say 2013. Yeah, because 2012, I think they lost to the Tigers. They, yeah, um, having said that, though. Camden Yards was full of Oriole fans. But if you go to a Yankee Oriole game in August, 
it's 90 10 Yankee fans. It's the yeah, same yeah, yeah. ratio as Dodger fans in Arizona or San Diego. Yeah. So the fans will show up. Yeah. Don't worry. And, you know, it doesn't matter about the uniform color. The only color that matters is green. Like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. the owners who were nickel and diming their players last year, <laughs> like, Clearly why would you not the, open? Yeah. Right. Hey, don't take any digs at these mom and pop baseball owners, okay? Just trying to survive one day at a time. The thing is, we're just not that profitable. Well, it's it's not going to matter when the, where we don't have baseball next year, anyways. Yeah. All right. All right. So it's time for predictions. I'm going to throw out a few categories and let's see what you guys think. First will be the obvious uh, World Series predictions. Let me get let me get a note card out. But Judge, we'll go with you. Um, who will be in the World Series and who will win the 2021 World Series? All right. I've had a strong motto since i started at baseball back in 2016 which is the dodgers are probably good so every year since 2016 i've just bet on the dodgers so my bet my bet again is on the world champion dodgers winning back-to-back titles and in the al i have no idea i don't trust the yankees so i'm not going to say that so my guess would be oh man uh I think an AL West team, let's go with the athletics. Let's say Dodgers athletics, because I like, I think the A's offense, I know they lost Semyon and a couple other things, but I think that's good. And then their pitching is really strong. Um, but my sleeper yep. pick for the whole league, which no, I'm no, 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 we're not there yet. On. We're not there yet. Oh, that's a different category. No, no, no. I didn't different know. Different categories. Know. Okay. Gotcha. We're going to do World Series predictions over so Dodgers under, over A's. Is over unders on our teams, sleepers, and um, like MVP or something. If you want to do that, yeah, we could do that. Okay. So, Ted. Uh, obviously, I think the Tigers are going to make it all the way to the World Series. <laughs> that is. Hey, yep. they got a world champion uh, manager. Mackenzie Gore. Mackenzie Gore is gonna light it up. Casey and, Mize. Yeah, Casey Mize. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Mackenzie Gore is a Padre guy. Heimer Candelario. Yeah, I'm a big Heimer <laughs> Candelario fan here. I love love getting those the uh, Detroit Tiger Day games. I'm like, man, I can't wait to see what Heimer Candelario is gonna do today. And uh okay, serious. I can't like I like the reason why I love baseball so much is how like truly volatile it is. You can, like, make, like, educated guesses just based on, like, a lot of things. But at the end of the day, like, like I could be like, Mike Trout's going to be good, but, like, he might not be good that day. And so it's, it's hard to predict, like, World Series because that's, like, so many things can go right or wrong for so many teams for so many reasons. Uh, I think, the, like, I think it'd be hilarious if, like, the Cubs make it after they were like crying poor. Cause I just think the like NL central is so weak that like okay. the Cubs Cubs might make it in as like top seed in that. Like, I, I think, I think they can beat the Cardinals in that division. And so the I think it's incredibly weak. Yeah. And so like the Cardinals are the only like, like, no, never mind. Actually, I take it back. It's going to be the Cardinals. Yeah. I, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm betting on the Cardinals I, I, pretty I'm, well. In yeah. That division. I think they're going to eat up that division alive. And, like, I don't know how strong their pitching really is. Like, you know, you, they have Flaherty, who's, like, great. Like, and then, like, they're trying Carlos Martinez as a starter again, which who knows how that's going to happen. But, like, I still think, like, they'll make the playoffs and knowing the Cardinals in the playoffs are not a bad bet. 
And they'd probably go up against, man, I'll say the White Sox. Okay. I like the White Sox. Got a Midwest matchup here. Yeah, I like I and like I can't wait to see what Kopech does finally like back from TJ. And so you're, you're picking Cardinals over White Sox. Uh, I'll pick White Sox over Cardinals. Okay. I was just trying to figure out who I'd pick in the game, World Series to begin with. Okay. I just I like the White Sox. They're a fun, exciting team to watch. And like I just I can see a, a situation in which like the Padres and Dodgers like eat, like eat each other alive. And like, they limp it to like whatever division series or championship series. And like, they're just so wiped out of their minds that they'll just, they could lose to like the Cardinals in any situation. Okay. Yeah, no, that's a good pick. All right. I did want to pick the White Sox and I would love to see Tony LaRusso, because remember Tony LaRusso. Oh was yeah, the I forgot about that. I remember Tony LaRusso was the original smartest man in the room. Yeah. <laughs> so Tony LaRusso going back to St. Louis and winning a World Series would be. I forgot Tony LaRusso is the manager. I forgot right. about that. Right. First off, the White Sox are—they might be my favorite team to watch. I love their team. I love Jose Abreu. I love yeah. Tim Anderson. Kopech's going to start the year out of the bullpen but he's got electric stuff maybe he becomes a closer and the white Sox don't have to go out shopping for one um, no, they got that, well they have they have uh oh no colin went to the twins my bad they have uh, liam Hendricks. right but it's like down the road if you've got Hendricks and yeah Kopech, you know like if Kopech becomes a lights out reliever at least this year yeah. they, yeah, they might have no problem throwing him in the ninth inning a few times. It's, like Once you get to the postseason, it's just whoever the hot hand is. Right. Which Dave Roberts finally did for the first time ever. Put down put down the calculator and won a title. Yeah. I, th- I think since we are now in a new world post later stages of the pandemic and the world has been flipped upside down as we know it, I think some things Marlins. will stay the same and some things will change. I'm picking the Braves to win the World Series. Oh, good. Okay. The The Braves after the the Atlanta curse will break. But the constant of Dusty Baker's teams choking in the big game (laughs) will remain constant. I'm picking the Braves over the Astros. Wow. That is my pick. I like it. The Astros are good. They are good. Um, what they do I don't, is wrong. I, Everyone yeah. needs to move on. They're still a very good team. I know I, they yeah. lost uh, Springer, but they're still a good team. I think at this point, like so many of those players are so detached from that 2017. Right. It's like I can still boo like the players individually, but at that point, what's that doing to me? I'll boo the franchise. I'm not going to boo the players. Have can I still boo that, Springer on the Blue Jays? Am I allowed well, to? Yeah, because no? you're a Yankee fan. So okay, cool. You yeah. can you can root against uh, someone in your division. Well, and I think here's the thing too, Ted, and we talked about this I think last year when the All Star Game goes back to Dodger Stadium. Vote all those 2017 vote, guys right. in. Make <laughs> them do a walk of shame on that yes. carpet and have all the fans there boo them. I want that. Oh, I yes, need good. that. I crave that. Especially now, that'll probably be. I'm going to throw out the, this prediction now. 2022 will probably have no restrictions. Yeah. So we'll have full pack stadiums. The Dodgers will have already won a World Series in their back pocket. Yeah. They could be back to back World Series champions. And now 
the gang's all back. The 2017 Astros are all coming back into the it. fold. Charlie Morton decides to play another year. <laughs> and he Carlos Beltran comes out of retirement. Oh, man. No, he's actually the bench coach for the uh, AOS somehow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So what did I say next? Over-unders? Yeah. So for let's your teams, do this for your teams. So we'll just make this quick. Uh, Judge, we'll start with you. I've got the over here for the Yankees. The Yankees, the highest win total of the American League teams at 95 and a half. You are saying? Uh, over oh, because that. Okay. out of what? Red Sox, Orioles, Rays, that's 60 games. I, I would say probably that's at least 45 wins out of those 60 games. So just off of the odds, I would say it is over 95 wins. Ted, over under on the Yankees, 95. Oh, and a half. 95. I, yeah, I'd, I'd go over. They could, like, that, like, the division's, like, so weird because the Rays are present in that division and you have no idea what they're doing. They could either be terrible or they could be great, but I, I can see over. Okay. Dodgers. Ted, you'll start. Well, Prince, you what's your over? What's your over? Oh, I'm sorry. Under. Wow. Under. Um, all right. Ted Dodgers 102.5. Uh uh it's gonna probably be under just mm-hmm. because I just like I could see a scenario in which they do that, but it's just like man, that's such an aggressive over under that even like Pakoda was like like I was reading the article about Pakoda giving the Dodgers like 102 or something, and they were like Usually, Pakoda just finds ways to like really just like it's supposed to be conservative. And the fact that the conservative guess for the Dodgers is 102 is insane to me. And I just like I could see that happening, but with the Padres in that division, and I think I think the Giants are very much so like an underrated team. I think they're good, like they're sneaky good. They won't like they might be 500, but I think they're a good team and they'll be back, you know, soonish. But I'll try to say under on 102. Judge. Yeah, you could have put that number at 105 or like I still would have said over. So I'm gonna say over on one. Really? Wow. Like I at think 105, the Dodgers 105 and a half, I, and you would have gone over. I would have said over. I think the Dodgers are just so such a phenomenal organization. Like they just they literally find people. Just I yeah. don't know. They found <laughs> didn't they find Max Muncy at a grocery store? No, like that, that was Andrew Tolls. Oh, Tolls. Who they found yeah. at a grocery store. Who was good when he played? Right. Yeah, like, let's not ignore that. He was. But didn't Muncy leave the sport and then come back? No, he uh, got DFA'd by the or non-tendered by the A's. Yeah. Took a year off, I think, and then yeah, so was left. The Dodgers camp. That's what I'm saying. Is like they find they find all of these great young pitchers. They find all this you know talent. They've uh, you know got a whole bunch of. They, even when they trade all their prospects for stars at the deadline, they still have even more great prospects in the farm system. So I would say over. I'm going to go with under. I'm going to go with under. I think the Dodgers can win 97 games and win the division. I think that's plenty to win that division yeah. as well, especially if the Padres have a playoff spot locked up. It would not surprise me if in three days or the minute that we stop recording – that Major League Baseball says, you know what? Ten teams in each league are going to go to the playoffs. Mm, so, yeah. you know, you could sort of get like the old school cruise control. The Yankees have locked yeah. up the division. Red Sox have locked up the wild card. Let's just throw out our young guys for the final mm-hmm. two weeks of yeah. the season. Uh, yeah, 102 and a half is way too much. That's so – it's like 
I know like that 2017 team won like 107 or something. I think it was 106. 106. Like, and like, I had no comprehension that they would even be that good. Right. And Do you so, think like, this team is better now with Mookie and Bauer than the 2017 team? I thought last year's team was better than the 2017 team. Right. So, so the 2017 team won 106 games. But it's like, like, and also like, yeah, the 2020 Dodgers won. Like if they kept up their pace, they would have won a hundred and something. Right. Still it's so, but it's like, I think the Padres are better. I think like there's only like one team in the like NOS that's just conceivably not better. Or like hasn't and I don't see a path for them getting better in the Rockies. Right. But I think all the other teams in the NL West are gonna get better. And like it's easy for me to see a lot of probably a couple of those teams. Like I can see the D backs and the Giants like eke out like a couple series from them. Even though the Colorado Rockies were the only team to beat the Dodgers in a series all 2020. That's right. Let's get that rivalry going. Yeah, that's the one <laughs> I care about. Let's do it. Um all right, so that's the Dodgers, and for the Mets, 90 and a half. I'm going with the under strictly because the division is just so good yeah. that I could see, and this has been the case with the Mets this entire decade, where I could see the Mets can win 85 games or they can win 75 games. You just don't know. Francisco Lindor is one of the best shortstops in the game, but Mike Trout's also one of the best players, is the best player in the game, and it doesn't shift the needle one way or another. Uh, when it comes to the team, their bullpen needs a lot of help still to get to Edwin Diaz. I like the Trevor May signing. The regression of Dell and Batances is really, really puzzling to me. And then when it comes to Juris Familia, you just don't know what you're going to get. I felt that Juris Familia was like Armando Benitez in 2015, like Benitez was in 2000, electric stuff, but just did not close the big games. So when you don't have that bridge there, especially considering that Syndergaard is coming back Memorial Day. Cookie Carrasco is coming back Memorial Day. What's going to happen to the Mets if they get off to a slow start in April? Can Which they, they typically do. Right. Can they make up for that to get to that 90 number, 91 number? I don't think so. So I'm going with under. I'm not picking the Mets to win a division either. And like I just said, Braves over Astros. So um, those, are my, those are my picks for the Mets. And whoever wants to go next. I'll go. Uh, I would say under as well, not even to diss the Mets, because I do think they have a strong chance of winning it. Like I wouldn't bet on it, but I think it's possible. I just think that like the NL East winner could easily only have 91, 92 wins, like theoretically, you know, it might not be as much of a, a stomp as some of these other divisions. So if I don't think the Mets are going to win the division and the over under 89, I would, I would say under maybe 86, 87 wins. But they could still be a wild card team. Oh, yeah. No, I, I expect them to make the playoffs, at least get into the wild card round. Um, I do expect that. I expect, I expect the, Dodgers and the, Met, uh, the Dodgers and the Braves to win their divisions, but the Mets and Padres to obviously compete for the division and get into the wild card. But that's a broader scale. And Ted, last but certainly not least on the Mets. I wanted to say over for the Lamaus and the Funnies, but just thinking about it, I don't think they're any better than the Braves. I think like the Marlins are such a wild card team. I have no idea. I have no gauge on if they're actually good or, or what. So it's like, if they're good, I can see them losing games to the, uh, you know, Marlins. So it's, it's, it's a confusing division, I think. 
And I like what the Nationals probably going to be better than they were last year. Who knows how well they'll be able to fare in that division, especially after a slow start. Potentially happening. Okay, let's get to MVPs. Um, Judge, do you want to go first? Quickly, American League, National League? Uh, oh, geez. Well, you know, I'm just a big Adalberto Mondesi fan. I think he's <laughs> a good shot here. I'm uh, a Bobby Witt Jr. fan. Yeah. I think he's going to be the MVP. Well, he can't be an MVP in the minors. Um, no, I guess for for the NL, I'm gonna I'm going to try to assume that the fact that Nolan Arenado is not playing in Colorado means he's actually eligible to be MVP now. Uh, because all the oh Colorado, Colorado. It's like, well, you know, he hits home runs in the other games too. But now that he's in St. Louis, I would say my NL MVP is Arenado. So I don't know if they're gonna give it to the Dodgers since there's so many good Dodgers. I don't know. Uh, and then the AL. It's time, baby. All rise. Here comes Whoa. the judge, Aaron Judge, 2021 American League MVP. That's assuming he's, he's actually going to stay healthy. That's <laughs> that's the hope. Is if he actually plays 154 games, I think his numbers will be out of this world. All right, Mr. Little Uberman. optimism out of me. Uh, I'm gonna go the boring route for the AL. I just think Mike Trout's still the best player in baseball. There's just I just – he'll continue to be good. This is probably the last year he'll be a center fielder full-time, I think, I feel like. So this will be his last, like, oh, look at the highlight plays from Mike Trout in center. like, And, like, you know, he's Mike Trout. He's the best hitter, baseball player I've ever seen. So it's it's the easy bet. It's the boring bet. Uh, hey, NL. Is there, like, a, a sneaky pick in the NL? I think Juan Soto. Ooh, that's nice. I think I know he doesn't like, he doesn't, I don't know how good his defense is, but like his hit tools just like in context is out of this world. He's like, I feel like he's like Vladdy in the sense that like he can hit anything. Like whether it's a good contact or bad contact, whatever, I still think he can put the ball in play and that'll be enough. Especially with a deadened ball, I think it'll be, you know, I still think he can crush the baseball with a slightly less hitter-friendly baseball. I am going to go with two players that I really enjoy watching play. Uh, if you had a gun to my head, I would pick Mike Trout, obviously, um, because he is the best player in the league by, by a mile. Having said that, in the American League, he's not afraid to open his mouth and voice his opinion, and I love that about him. Not to mention, he's one of the best shortstops in the American League. I'm going with Tim Anderson. Um, I think Tim Anderson is such a very, very good fielder. And for a position that normally produces weak hitters, he is not that. He can get it done on all sides of the field. Love Tim Anderson. Love his attitude. He could play for my team any day of the week. And now here is where the homerism comes in. All right. If there is not a deal struck by opening day, I can totally see Francisco Lindor winning the National League MVP, asking for $400 million and the Dodgers giving it to him. And then the Mets just end up signing Corey Seager and Mets fans will be really upset that they didn't get as good a shortstop, but just as But Corey Seager is like so good too. I know, but he's not, he's not our guy. I'd rather have Corey Seager over Lindor. You guys can keep I disagree. 
<laughs> you, can, uh, you guys can keep Lindor. It would be it'd be very Mets of them to be like, oh, you want your your bargaining is starting at three hundred million. Well, we'll offer you two fifty, obviously, because we're the Mets. Uh, and then he leaves for four hundred million dollars, or they have to re-sign him for four hundred million, like one hundred fifty right. million dollars more than they they yeah. wanted to. That would be a very Mets. I'm rooting for Lindor to win MVP. That would, that would be awesome. Me as well. Uh, do you guys want to do Cy Youngs? You want to get into the draft? Uh, I don't even. Oh, I, I know for I NL. Do I don't know about AL. I don't know about AL, but for NL, my choice. Like, let, let well, when do you guys figure out AL for me? Uh, but I'm gonna think Walker Bueller is. Yeah, so, I was gonna say such Bueller. a spicy personality that like, oh, they're all talking about Kershaw. They're all talking about Trevor Bauer on the yeah. team. They're talking about all these other young guys. And it's like I'm gonna show them that I'm the best pitcher on this on this ace staff. So my I still think he's the best pitcher is, on that team. That's what I'm saying. I, 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 my, I think my vote is. is Walker Bueller. As good as Kershaw has always been, I think Bueller's the best starter on that team by. By like it's Bueller or Degrom for me, if Degrom yeah. stays healthy, I know now he has to hit again. Who knows what'll happen? Yeah, it's but. like I was gonna say Bueller too. I like I think Bueller has a good shot, especially now that he had like a norm a normal spring training where they didn't ramp him up slowly. He's gonna be coming out the gates ready instead of a slow build up like they usually Who's do for him. Good in the AL. like I don't want to say Cole. I don't want to be a homer like that. Yeah, like who else? I'm going to do yeah, it. I know yeah. I love the guy. It's Perez and I's favorite pitcher. He's the best guy ever. I think Zach Ranke in his like twilight season is going <laughs> to just put up dummy thick numbers <laughs> and it's just going to be the pick. All right. I'm going to say Cole then because I can't get behind that train. Okay. Uh, I for will me, say though, Perez. Oh, yes. sorry. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going with Tyler Glass now in the American League. Um, I think pitchers that are not on Ooh, great offensive spicy. teams normally get uh, get the edge. And I really want to pick the Grom. I love Max Scherzer, especially at plus 850. That's more of a gambling insight. Yeah. Um, you know, Blake Snell looks pretty appetizing. But, you know, me, there's a part of me that thinks the Rays were on to something. Yeah, that he's not good third time innings. through the order. Yeah. Right. The problem is you don't do that in game six of the World Series. Yeah, yeah. But I think they were right in that perspective. Having said that, uh, gun to my head, I want to pick the Grom, but I love Scherzer. I think Scherzer. So I'll go with Scherzer. Okay. I did want to add on, Perez, to your point about Tim Anderson and the White Sox. The trouble that choosing a White Sox player for MVP they might have because last year Jose Abreu won it. Right. And in that 60 game mm. season, like there were arguably like four players on the White Sox that could have won MVP. There was Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu. If you check Lewis Roberts numbers, oh, yeah. like, it was unreal. And then obviously Moncada's getting better and better every time. So I, you know, the only reason I didn't go for Abreu or like, I would have chose Lewis Robert as, as my choice on that That's White an Sox interesting team. Pick, though. I think he's a star, honestly. I think he's phenomenal. Um, but I think that they might cannibalize themselves because there's so many strong players on the team compared to like just a judge or just a trout or just a Correa or something like that, where there's like a, you know, good, far and away best player on that team. I get that. No, you're hundred percent right. And they might steal votes away from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Anderson's coming off a batting title in 2019. He's a good player last year. I think defense could set him above, especially yeah. if he's a gold glover. Why not? Who won the batting title in 2020? That's right. It was LeMahieu. <laughs> we got him back six more years. Maybe like four or five and they let him go early, but six more years. 
it's amazing how the Yankees were able to pick up LeMahieu, was who was always a good player, and no other team wanted him, which was insane. He was well, a it's good like, player. I, th- I think it was yeah. between the Dodgers and Yankees. But oh, he just, shocker. I know. Well, it's like I would have loved for him to be on the Dodgers, but I just feel yes. like he want, he, want, he had the, his, his mindset on being a Yankee. So, like, right. any negotiation tactic. Which yeah, he was an all-star in Colorado. He was a batting title in, yeah. in, in Colorado. Like, he was a great player. It's just, oh, well, he doesn't hit 40 home runs. Best we could do is $12 million. Right. All right, let's get to the draft. This is a very highly debated, also very generic draft. Uh, because I couldn't think of a better suggestion. So if anybody has any suggestions, make sure to leave uh, leave them at uh, John Perez underscore, not at the other John Perez with no underscore at the end of it. And I'll take your suggestions up. Uh, so what we're going to oh, do you is... Gave me a, you gave me a day to figure something out and I just couldn't do it. I know. I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't I think... I got, it's rough. I, I couldn't it's think of a topic rough. either. But so this is how it's going to go. We're going to get three picks on each side. It's going to be... Oh, three picks. Yes. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's yes. do three. So the best and worst thing about the internet, we're going to keep it light. I know that there's very serious things out there. So we're not going to go into anything that is social, political, any of that stuff. Just we're going to try and keep it light and funny. So um, we'll, the way it'll start is it'll go judge Ted and myself for the goods. And then once we get to the bads, it will be, Ted, Joe, and myself. Everyone got it? Yeah. All right. Yes. So it could be anything from social media, the internet that you've seen that is pretty funny. Judge, you uh, have the first pick. Go for it. With the first pick in the John Talks, best parts of the internet draft, I select the one, the only, twice, the best part of the internet Ted can understand. Ted can appreciate. Our girls, our us twicers, really appreciate. That's not what they're called. <laughs> All our girls in uh, in twice K-pop. It's it's not a it's not a uh, a what, what's the phrase? It's it's not a moment. It's a movement. Okay, and uh, I'm a I love everything about twice. So I did that one so Ted couldn't draft it, and I know he wasn't going to draft it anyway. But I had to still make a stance that. Anyone who doesn't know twice, you're you're missing out, and come join us, Twicers. Well, wait a second, hold on. What, what are you? Called. Yeah, wait a minute, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna protest this right away. Are you saying the best thing on the internet is a K-pop band? Yes. No, that doesn't is count. Wrong with that? Yes, that's like if I said, oh, the best, thing, the best on the thing on the internet. The best thing on the internet is the Rolling Stones. Like you yeah, can't best say thing on that. the internet's uh, when I listen to the Beatles. Love yeah. it. All right. Well. No, that no. What I'm do you not, mean it doesn't count? That. That's my choice. Ted. It's the best thing the internet has provided. Ted, it's twice. Pick that. What? That's can the best thing was, the internet I, has provided. I deliberately didn't put like K-pop because that's purely music. It's like outside of the internet. But the, it's on the internet. No. Yeah, but it's not like solely dependent on the internet. Oh my god! I'm vetoing. I that. was I was so proud of that choice too. I was like, I'm ready for it. I'm ready to fight. There's Ted. a reason why I didn't put like K-pop yeah. on any on my list because like <laughs> in my mind it didn't make sense. Well, what am I supposed to do? I that? love That's Elton John. Pick. This is great. I love Michael Jackson. Like when yeah, dude, the only way I can ever listen I, to the I, Beatles. First of all, is... you guys are being so facetious right now to literally compare like. Elton John of 1972 or Rolling Stones to this current iteration of the internet and how bands are being like, you know, 
becoming famous. Like that's so not true to say it's the exact same thing to say Rolling Stones. Dude, love oh, listening to music not. on uh, high compression rates on YouTube. It's the best way to like listen to music. Vinyl, what's that? Shouldn't listen to music on vinyl. Waste of time. Don't go listen to Sonic U- Adventure. Go to go to YouTube and listen to your uh, to the uh, audio compression there. It's beautiful. All right. Judge, you got 10 seconds to come up with another pick. All right, fine. I'll go with my backup, which is Vine compilations. That's my favorite thing on the internet. The the funny thing is, like, um, what's the days and confused? Like, the older I get, the better they get, or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, the, the older. It's like, uh, it's like the older Vine compilations get, the funnier they get, because, like, the more detached we are from when it happens. So, like, I watch Vine compilations all the time. Like, I'll send them to to friends sometimes they'll send different ones and it's it's always nice because you never know what you're gonna get it's it's like every every vine compilation is different when i was a kid i used to love bo burnham's vine channel yeah he was great andy milanakis was great i was never a big david dobrik guy which you know uh, don't talk don't talk about yeah david i know dobrik we can't right talk now. about that now yeah um yeah i never really got into the uh, best vine stuff, but... is the zach stop vine <laughs> It's the best vine of all time. I love it. I laugh. I say it every day. I do the little kicks in my apartment when I walk to my kitchen. It's great. No, it's definitely uh it's definitely has never went to Uvu Jabber is 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 the best vine. It gets me it gets me so mad. Like what did that guy think that conversation was about? I just want to know. What's your favorite vine, Perez? I I always laugh at the Bo Burnham. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> his vine is, he, he makes you think that he's sitting on the toilet, but he's just in his closet. <laughs> like you just have to look it up. It's random. And then there's another one where he's talking. He's just like, hey, Ann, do you want Wrigley or, you know, this type of gum? And it's Ann Hathaway and Les Miserables and she's singing Stride. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, Bo Burnham is the best. All right, Ted, number two pick on things that you this, love on the internet. This is my favorite meme. It's a meme that just won't die. It is always somehow someone makes it and that's loss. It is a, a controlled alt delete comment. I think it is. It is a four panel comic that depicts a miscarriage and somehow that very depressed, rightfully so, very sad and like deep comic is memed ad nauseum. It never dies. It is, you can like, there are images of just like lines, straight lines, and it's, it, it's exactly, you can look at those lines and go, oh, that's loss. And the phrase, is this loss? Referring to the comic is in my regular vocabulary because it's just everywhere. I made a loss meme when Donald Trump got COVID. I did one for that with, uh, Donald Trump being the one in the bed and Baron Trump showing up to the hospital. It is uh, the best meme. So I think we finally topped your uh, Nickelodeon first pick with your worst see, choice. See, you guys yeah, don't both, know this Lost. Is also, you, both, guys, yeah. you guys don't know Lost. That's fine. If we you know what's Lost, his name for Jimmy Neutron again? Uh, Bobby. Bobby, this is this is yeah. Bobby levels Dude, of first. Bo- Bobby's great. Yeah. Loss is great. You guys just don't understand loss. Wow. No, you guys, you, both of you, shame on you for your picks. First of all, I got two. Shame on the one, K-pop so. pick. 
No, I like was that's, right. That's I was an right. awful pick. I was right. And was loss right. is Ted and maybe 14 other people know it. It's not um, It's not 14 other that people. live in subreddit. First it's off. not in Reddit. Shame on both of you if you were going to go the meme route. There is one meme that is head and shoulders above the rest that actually does stand the test of time. And it is the crying Jordan meme. That is the best meme ever. It might be too mainstream for a couple of you out there. Every time there's a big loss, whether it's uh, presidential debates, political figures, sporting events, funny vines, it's the crying Jordan meme. I mean, that that meme lasted. He got in, he, he got inducted into the Hall of Fame, I think, in 2009, and it is still going on now, 12 years later. It Jordan was the GOAT. His meme is the GOAT. He made a joke about it at Kobe's... Um, at Kobe's um, memorial. Memorial, yeah. So I'm going with the crying Jordan meme because I think it is the funniest meme of all time and applies to all situations. Oh my god! Well, now I'm just I'm at a loss, Ted, because it's like I don't have like specific individual memes like this archetype of meme is my favorite or whatever. Compare, I have like more like things in general so those like, next I, pick is bts <laughs> no, no crazy no no, yeah. no, no. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a his twitcher. next pick's gonna twitcher be uh, his next pick's gonna be google chrome <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so my second or third depending on who you want to talk to about second. it the ruling favorite thing on the internet is speed running does that count That's... that count I don't know I'm what it is. So... Okay, so speed running is when you are you're playing a game, a specific game, and trying to beat it as optimally and fast as possible. So let's okay, go gotcha. with Mario yep. 64. If you've just read, you could just casually play Super Mario 64 and have fun with it. Some people get enjoyment out of it of the competitive aspect of trying to beat the game as fast as possible. So you can do this with any game. There could be a game where the speed run takes an hour. You can be a game where the speed run takes seven hours and, you know, there's a lot of adjustments and things. So I love, you know, the speed run culture of like awesome games done quick and all of those, you know, types of things. So some of my favorites are uh, Super Metroid, all, all of the Mario games, Pokemon games are really fun to watch speed runs because there's a lot of RNG and a lot of things that can go wrong. Like if you accidentally get crit or something like that, and that wasn't a part of your game plan. Um, I'm on speedrun.com technically also for Super Mario Odyssey. I'm uh, the 1,444th fastest Super Mario Odyssey run, which is terrible. Well, you also got the world record for Pokemon Yellow. (laughs) Definitely, yeah. Uh, No, that's like three. uh, For Yellow, it was like three and a half hours. I have to to actually get back into running that. I did a test run the other day, and it's, it's so stressful. But I think something that has brought us a lot of joy and is great for the internet and only really exists because the internet is speed running because you can look back. There's a lot of great documentaries that people do on the early years of speed running. And it's just like people playing Ocarina of Time on a VHS in like 2001 or something. And like just playing it by themselves and like to see how that game has developed the strategies to beat it fast from 1998 to 2021. Now it's like, it's it's really cool. So and you if can you're speed run any game. 
if you're interested, Summoning Salt's a great YouTube channel. Yes. He's absolutely fantastic. He does a lot of breakdowns on world records. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Does that count? That counts. Prez, if you had to speed run a game, what would it be? Spyro. Spyro, uh, Spyro the first one, Spyro the Dragon. That's a, That's got a strong community behind it. It's a great game. It's my favorite video game of all time. I still, I played it last weekend. Nice. Like I've used all three save slots, deleted the latest one, and then just started doing it again. It is the best game. All right, Ted, number two pick. Uh, this is going to be a tweet from DC Pearson. He is of Derek Comedy fame with Donald Glover. He also is a, a comedy writer and I think he writes books. But it's this tweet, Don Draper. Weak hero, many things. Family, safety, love. But this guy taps drawing of a chihuahua. There's only one thing he cares. And it's a chef's kiss. Beautiful tweet. It's amazing. I love the tweet. And it's, what's more can you say? And it only makes sense if you know about the uh, Taco Bell chihuahua. <laughs> if you don't, it's it's if important you, information. If you don't, it's a nonsense tweet. Okay. I just like love the imagining John Draper just trying to sell people on the idea of the Taco Bell Chihuahua. All right. All right. Ted's, Ted's super two right now. Yeah, Ted is Ted Dude. is killing this draft. Dude, I'm just picking things I like. <laughs> no, I mean that's that's what it is. All right. I also like this meme. I think it's hysterical. And it was between two. First off, the evolution of SpongeBob memes has really taken the internet by storm. And I yes. think they're great. This might not be the most popular one, but it is certainly my favorite. It's the I'm a head out. One. <laughs> it's just so stupid and hysterical. <laughs> and I, I'm laughing and like, I don't even know what the context is. I just love the pictures. Like, all right, I'm a head out. Uh, and I use it in group chats. I, I send it to my parents. I send it to all types of people. Uh, friends, family, loved ones. It is great. Um, there's that. That that's that's my choice. But I also enjoy the. Um, what's the one where like he's sort of bent over, and he looks like. Oh, the the you're alternating caps. Right. Yeah. yeah alternating caps. I don't know what it's called, but it's like a mocking voice. I think. Right. Yeah. I mean that one's pretty funny too, uh, but I'm a head out is still my favorite one. Yeah. All all SpongeBob beams are all like unparalleled and how great they are all right Joe, never final pick. all right so again this is like another just like concept or, or thing not like an individual meme or whatever but i uh, the other thing i really like on the internet is you say like art or fan art or drawings or whatever like i know i've spent a lot of time either on twitter or pinterest like when i would take the train home every day from work when we used to work in the city i would just be on pinterest and see like oh there's this cool zelda painting oh there's this cool metroid tattoo or whatever and i think the internet has been able for me to see awesome art from many different you know artists and creators every single day so i think that might not be as fun as your memes here, but I like the idea of like, you know, I could just scroll scroll through Twitter and see like a really cool, you know, Street Fighter fan art or something like that, or like Pokemon fan art, like crossovers or, you know, if I want to see Pikachu in like Naruto clothes, boom, the internet has me covered. You know what I mean? So that's my, that's my choice. 
Okay. Ted? Oh, man, what do I pick for my last one? I think I'm going to have to go with the uh, internet comedy group, Mega64. They are, uh, as Judge would know, I share their videos often. Um, I wear a lot of their shirts. I'm wearing one of their shirts right now. Uh, they have been around for, like, even before YouTube was around. Uh, and they've shaped – I've been aware of them since high school, and they've shaped my, you know – brand of humor so much so but like a lot of the things they say is just things i've said because of how i absorb their content i've made lifelong friends because of mega 64 as well so you know that's it okay. that should be your first pick nah i knew i could get that on the third pick that's true oh yeah you know i was definitely gonna steal uh i was gonna steal that don draper chihuahua quote dude it's, it's great awesome. Happy it's a great tweet it is this Day lost See, you guys don't understand the internet like I do, I guess. Clearly, that is true. I guess I'm more hashtag online than you guys are. I would agree. <laughs> You're on a different line, uh, yeah. <laughs> to say the least. My last one is a meme of... It's like a video meme. I don't know how to describe it, but it's basically if somebody gets knocked out and then the shooting star song comes on. Oh, I love that one. So I was two years ago at some like bizarre carnival fair type thing. And that song was playing. And for the life of me, I don't know why my ears just perked up and I couldn't remember from where I heard it from, but I shazammed it and got the name and then this is like maybe nine months later 10 months later i see one of those videos again and i'm like oh my god that was the song and i just connected the two but whether it's somebody getting knocked out in a fight uh professionally or you know like two regular people just knocking gloves with each other it's it's great uh it's a catchy song it's actually a really it's also good song. a great song in general <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that song came out in 2007. It wow. stars. Um, it is. It is a phenomenal song. Um, one of the best songs of our generation uh, in the history of the world. So that is where I'm going to leave it at that. Shooting stars. So that concludes. Uh, Wait, the can I good portion? Get some, yeah, can we do honorable mentions? Couple, yeah. yeah, yeah. Go for it. All right, go, Ted. You go. I have a couple. Uh, the first one's going to be Salty Bet, which is like. They take a fighting game, but it's a fighting game in which you can, if you can, like, make, create a character and, you know, code it properly, you can apply it for a salty bet. But it's, like, the early days of, like, betting on the internet, fake monies, which is what you can do on, like, Twitch now. And you can do it, uh, like, baseball is also, like, a subsection of that, which is just, you know, fake baseball and all that where you can bet. But salty bets, like, you just bet on AI-controlled characters you have to uh, there's a you have to understand who's made it how the characters work to bet properly and that's all i've been doing in the pandemic which is just salty bet because it's the best way to like sync time you could you could have for perez who looks puzzled you could have like goku facing off against like i don't know master chief or like something. yeah Obviously master chief like yeah and then have, you would bet all right half the people are betting on goku half the people are betting on right. master chief and then the ai fight each other and then okay. uh Another honorable mention is the uh, SCP Foundation, which is like just better creepypastas. It's essentially like a fake, like government. I don't know if it's really government entity, but it's like 
it's like supernatural things, urban mysteries, like a collection of fictional works people put together in this shared universe. It's very interesting. It's a very interesting read if you ever have time to kill. Uh, for me, the other one I was thinking of, like if we're going to talk about individual things, is like did SNL digital shorts are like the best mm. thing. They, you know, I think there have been videos made oh, about yeah. how like, how digital shorts changed changed comedy and the internet and things. So like the original Dear, or I guess it was the second one technically, but Dear Sister. Oh, oh yeah, like, I just watched it again today, and it's it's still so just as good. It's so it's so perfectly done lonely islands man they oh, changed yeah. uh, how to uh, absorb They're every media. you know chronicles chronic what calls narnia just okay that song is called lazy sunday please I get know. it right. sunday and then well the first but do, do you know what the first digital short was um was it was, it? It was cabbage do you remember that one no. With uh, Will, uh, was it Will Forte? I believe was the first one where they're like on their step, and I forget the context of it. They start crying, but as they're being dramatic the whole time, they're just going to town on a head of cabbage. <laughs> they're like, "Why doesn't he love me?" <laughs> was that the start of SNL doing pre-recorded, like truly pre-recorded? I be- I believe stuff? the cabbage one was the first. I think they did that before they even called it digital shorts. Like, so yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. think so. Yeah. And then when the digital shorts hit with Lazy Sunday, I believe, but I okay. could be wrong. Uh, and then my other honorable mention, which I hope you guys have seen it, because if you haven't, it's going to be tough to explain, is the Potion Seller video. Have you ever seen that? All right. So I will, I will send it to you guys. Hopefully anyone listening who has, uh, who has seen it will will just completely understand why it, it's probably the greatest video ever made. So there's no need to explain further on here since you got you have to see it to actually appreciate the the video. So I'll get that to you guys afterwards. Okay. Po- yeah, the potion seller meme or video. It's the best. Um, the only honorable mention for me is Rex Chapman. Uh, I don't follow the guy, mm. but I know enough people that do follow him, so he's always on my timeline. Guy spreads positivity, but also I love videos that he'll show of blocker charge. Blocker oh, charge I was is still about one to say. Best. I was yeah. about to say another hidden hidden gem is blocker charge. Yeah, it is. It is great. There's a really good thirty for thirty short on Rex Chapman as well, because um, a lot of people don't know that he was a phenomenal player at Kentucky. Like he was a he was a good basketball player, um, and now he's this internet sensation. Um, the younger generation knows them as that. So that's pretty cool. All right. So the way it's going to go now is worst things on the internet. The order will be Ted, Joe, and then myself. Uh, Ted, take it away with something that is probably the worst very niche th- and only you know. The wor- the, I don't, yeah, probably only I know. Uh, the worst thing is uh, Minecraft parody songs. Okay. <laughs> Those are so cringe and so unbearable. There's one that's Eye of the Spider. Uh, Cause you could get, I don't know why there's one that's, I only, I looked it up to find more examples, but one caught my eye, which is about hero Brian, which is a ni- even nicher thing about Minecraft. Something that my friend invented that people are now making parody Ooh. songs about it, which is hilarious to me. Cause we always make fun of my friend because of this, but a uh, Minecraft song, super uh, cringy, even though um there's a Fortnite song which i cannot i was just saying can to. we can we add the Fortnite song no to it? chug jug's the best song of no. the year oh you I are dead ch- wrong I you are so jug. wrong it's so catchy it's so annoying how catchy it is it is catchy I'll that, it's catchy it's no, awful it's, it's catchy it's a bad song but it's, it's so awful. catchy 
Did you see the video the guy doing the map of like, oh, according to the lyrics of the song, like shows how like the lyrics. No, I did the one where they mashed up Joe Biden saying the words. (laughs) Ted, you're off to a better start. Yes. What do you mean? See, look, if you guys don't understand law, that's your problem. You aren't living. It is. All right. I guess it's our problem, Judge. All right. What's the one thing that you don't like? uh, Number one thing that you don't like on the internet, Judge. I'm coming at chess hard right now, okay? (laughs) Chess was invented in the 15th century. I looked it up. And chess is something you do when you're with your cousins at like a family gathering and there's no internet (laughs) or something. You play chess. And now chess, if Perez might not know if he's not, you know, ingrained in the Twitch culture, chess is all over the place on Twitch. It's super competitive. You have like everybody and their mother streaming chess over the last, you know, year on these like random websites, people that have never played chess before in their life, but they're just jumping on the train, you know, getting like 60,000 viewers watching them, like learn how to play chess, essentially. It's like, oh, we all know how to play chess. Like, so that's the thing that I, I hate is, like when every game, right? Every streamer, they jump, they bandwagon onto the popular game because it makes sense. Cause that's where the viewership is. So they're going to retain the, their high viewership count and sub count and everything. But there's like a difference between being a league streamer and then playing Valorant because that's popular. Or they're playing Fortnite or, or whatever, because those are generally popular gaming, you know, scenes that you're trying to get viewers out of. There is nothing more egregious to me that like you are very clearly only in it for the clicks if you are like a a, ju- a just chatting streamer or a league streamer and then you start playing chess on stream to all the viewers you are very clearly joey only there for the clicks and not intentionally you know some huge chess fan your whole life like the other people in that dire- directory in that streaming community that like our grandmaster chess players and like have devoted their entire life to it's like, Oh, well I have a hundred thousand subscribers. I'm just going to play chess because that's where the viewers are right now. So, so I wonder, I came hard and, after chess and I don't regret it. No. And that's a good point. And I wonder how much of it, because we were all in quarantine together has to do with the queen's gambit as well. Because mm-hmm. I watched that show. I thought it was phenomenal. And then there was a part of me, it's like, oh, you know, I want to play chess. So like I would watch videos on different strategies and stuff. And then I would play online games against the computer and I'd lose. And I was like, this is stupid. I'm not going to play this anymore. Um, yeah, you're right. Because like, what was the stereotypical nerdy thing when you were a kid? Chess, the chess club. Chess, the chess yeah. club. Right. Magic. Only- yeah, magic. <laughs> only only nerds did magic and were in the chess club. And now it's like, oh, you've got this really beautiful woman who's really good at chess. And like now everyone thinks that they can do it. And because this, the storyline was written so well, everybody loves chess. And you're right. Uh, people are just flocking over to it. And, and it's just amazing to the uh, the revolution that that is that has caused. Yeah, it's just, it's just so disingenuous. Man. Oh, I've just loved chess my whole life. It's like, no, you just figured out what the rook does yesterday or whatever. Like you're you're trying to pull a fast one on me, but I, I see through it. Yeah. Okay. This is early quarantine where it came onto my radar uh, and I still hate it. Uh, and that is people dancing on TikTok. It is awful. I just hate people dancing. I do. I hate you're not a good dancer. Dancing. You're not Boat a good dancer. I don't, I don't like it. I don't stand for it. I vehemently protest it. Uh, and they're all doing the same dance. 
and it's not funny and it's not cute anymore. It was okay the first two or three days, but now it's not anymore. So that is that is my first pick. Uh, I, in the I thought I was going to sound like a get off my lawn guy because I was just going to say TikTok in general. So <laughs> I'm glad that specifically dancing on TikTok was was drafted here today. Can we do can we do snake draft? So like I get two picks and then we go sure, back. Yeah. I, I okay. only have one more pick, so okay, yeah. you can have my <laughs> good. My second pick, and I've got this written down, is people reciting lines on TikTok into oh, my God. oh i so, so i'm not this isn't one of mine but my, my like if i were to pick a tiktok one i thought about this i didn't put it down but it was like when they point at words oh, oh, oh it's oh, the worst it's that. the worst TikTok. it's the worst you know what you mean is? the one so perez are you saying when people like mime like a movie they lip sync yeah lip-sync like so, yeah they lip sync it so like it yeah. could be episode five of star wars where it's like i am your father and then somebody goes but that's not possible and like they're changing the different angles and like Mm -hmm. pretending to be luke it's just awful it's terrible we can you know what we could just go five minutes on how awful tiktok is those songs are repetitive and awful longer it's just the oh no is it oh no Oh no! Oh no! No no! I don't know. I don't. I don't even have TikTok. I don't have. I don't absorb any. You know what it is? It shows up. It shows up on my Twitter and Instagram. So Uh, I I in in defense of the youth, because I'll be the one to not be. You know, I'll let them stay on the lawn for now. Right. That's your thing that you hate about TikTok is pretty much how tiktok was started like when it was still musically where like yeah. the intent was right. you were you know you were miming a song like you were singing like jimmy fallon was singing with another person as like elsa and anna or whatever and frozen so like that was the original intent of the tiktok app so i'm not going to hold it against 14 year olds for doing what the app was designed to do no that's fine listen if you like tiktok that's great i can't stand it Look, um, and a, that's what i'm yeah. saying right now and i think it's the worst thing on the internet uh, and to just throw it out there, I didn't right. like musically either. So <laughs> I'm consistent in that regard. So that's that's my diatribe. Judge, you're up next. All right, with uh, my second and last pick, because I had a struggle <laughs> with this one, because I was like, because I was thinking of like some, you know, like contextual ideas, like the fear of missing out is like a negative thing the internet has has emboldened in this generation, but like that's not a good draft pick. Um, Dude, I was mocked for missing out on Game of Thrones, and I looked at—I would look at people and say, "Do you think I care about me missing out on a TV show?" Well, a lot of people have a fear of missing out now. But yeah, anyways. imagine. I haven't so, seen the finale either. I've um, never watched a show. Haven't seen a second. Well, Ted, I know you don't care about what people think because you're busy playing Tetris in high school every day. So, Everyone only in se- only only in senior year. Um, watch if you fully absorbed my video, you would know. I did. I watched an hour and three minutes. Yeah, what's the did, whole thing? I'm giving every- you huge. I'm giving you huge watch time numbers for your <laughs> analytics. All right, let's get to the pick. All right, so one of the other things I really hate on the internet is the shipping community or the shipper community, and I know I've talked with Ted yeah. about. I was I was close to putting that, but like, um, Perez, I, I, are you familiar with shipping? That's basically where it's like you you match people yeah. together, right? Like romantically. So, like if you play, if you're like in the, a Kingdom Hearts fan and you ship Sora and Riku and you think that they're dating and you make... Yeah, but that's canon though. And, you, and, and that's what they say. They're like, oh, oh, well, you know, actually we know Sora and Riku are dating. It's just, if you can't accept that that's your own insecurities or blah, blah, blah. 
And it's like, all right, well, until Nomura actually has a scene with Sora and Riku making out, I'm not going to say that they are canonically dating. And if you want to think that, that's totally cool. But then don't sit there and act like people are super scum for not agreeing with your non-canon story. And that's not just specifically a Kingdom Hearts thing. I'm just talking, in, there's a million stories in other anime or movies or video games or whatever. It's like, oh, I think this character and this character would be good together and therefore I'm going to end your life if you disagree with me. Like I think Ted can back me up. Yeah, here. that was going to be one, but like I there are so many things like this that I wa- wanted to pick, but I felt like I would just be so targeting the groups of people and not the thing itself that it would have come out as mean. You know? So well, I, I mean, to I took down that. chess today, so yeah, I, I know. I think I can handle shippers. But Wait, it's so just I have a, I have a question about shipping. Yeah. So do these do these couples have to be like? Does there need to be evidence of romance there? Or nope, there no. is you can write your own fan service. You can write, like, yeah. Okay, because like when I real. was when I was younger, I used to ship Harry Potter and Hermione all the time. Yeah, but so everyone you, did that though. Like Same. right, yeah, but like, but it's 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 how you vocalize it that right. is, okay. I think it's like wow, Joe you're a complete idiot. I, like, what is wrong with you? Blah, blah, blah. Clearly, these two characters are better for each other, and if you weren't such a moron, you would understand their love. Like, oh well, yeah. to be fair, I was that person to all of my friends who didn't like the end of How I Met Your Mother. Hey. Um, spoiler hey, alert! Spoiler alert! Incoming. So if don't you don't get Rich get McCloud on the pod about that because oh, uh, he yeah. and I have had long discussions about how that ending's bad. What's his take? I can't remember. We talked about. Does it he like times, it or but not this, like it? He doesn't like me. He does not like it. We talked about it back in 2017 because we used to live pretty close by and took the same train. Oh well, so the we take. Got off. Well, to be fair to both of you, you're both wrong. Um, uh, he yeah, deserved no. to be with Robin the entire time. Um, and I'm just going to die on that hill and I'll fight anybody, but that's not neither here nor there, but okay. Yeah. I understand. Oh, you sound like, you sound like a shipper right now. Very unreasonable for, for one, for one couple. That's it. Like there are people out there that make but it. It's, sport. it's not just like, it's so like ridiculous things. It'll be like, Oh, Sonic the Hedgehog and Eggman are clearly dating and in love with each other. And it, <laughs> and then like, they like make their whole online persona based around sonic and eggman dating each other like, am, I, am i wrong Ted? no a judge for you i'm gonna make my whole online persona that it's sonic so and infuriating now. like the difference between like uh, if cloud likes tifa or cloud likes Aerith is like world war three for these people for these ships. <laughs> it really is it's so aggravating because in reality Aerith's just waiting for zach to come back from not being dead <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ted, you're oh, up. Um, I don't know what to. Uh, oh, wait a minute! No, 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 no. Judge gets two picks. Well, I told you, I only have two. Oh, that's so. it. Okay, so Ted, I have um, no Mister Irrelevant here. I do not like the Twitter accounts that like post the same video clip once a week when it's like appropriate. Like it's the ladies and gentlemen. It's the weekend. Oh, I hate that Saturdays like, are for dads. Yeah, like it's just like, dude, I've seen the video once, I don't need to see it again. And it's the people who retweet it that's the issue. Cause, like, obviously, you can ignore it by not following those accounts, but it's like when people retweet it again, I'm like, hey, guy, what's different here? The case of the Mondays, am I right? Yeah, WandaVision. I think that's uh, that's fair. I do think some of those are. I do think it's fun because I guess the longer, the more weeks it goes on, the funnier it is because you have done it like 
17 weeks in a row that ladies and gentlemen the weekend but i can see how that would be annoying if you don't like the meme yeah all right my final pick is going to be um and and i'm sorry to say this because i am one of them but it has to be the office apologist everyone on social media yeah you guys are fucking terrible they don't want to say it but if you're gonna say it they are so nauseating I mean, a lot of the memes are funny. They're yeah. pretty cool. But like there are, they're not parody accounts. There are legitimate Instagram accounts that are like steve.carell.fans. And it's like just pictures of Steve Carell. And the caption will be like, isn't he so handsome? Or it'll be like Steve Carell taking a picture with like a child. Isn't he so nice to blah, blah, blah. It's like, I love Michael Scott. I love The Office. I don't need pictures of Steve Carell on my timeline, like hugging his kids. Like it's, I, I, I'm sure he's a great family man, but, and then there are people out there saying, Oh, office was the best show ever, blah, blah, blah. It's my favorite show. I understand why some people don't like it. The humor is not for everybody. Having said that though, the last two seasons were terrible and awesome. like people apologizing for season eight and season. Nine, no, no, it wasn't that bad. Like if you go back and have to watch it again, I watched it live. It was awful. When it comes yeah. on comedy central now, it's terrible. That's what makes me mad the most, like, because I don't want to sound like a hipster, but <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. It's not like it's not like The Office was some un, unknown, you know, right underground, like, yeah. uh, underground show from another country that only aired for a year, and you feel cool now that you have watched it, you feel cool about it. Like The Office was a very popular show, and I watched it as it aired back in back in the day and then it doesn't become like no one else saw the office until like 2016 and they want to act like oh my god the chili scene is so funny it's like where were you 12 years ago like what are you know that's what makes me mad with office van Nero. like oh i've rewatched the office on netflix nine times it's like do you want a prize for wasting time because that could have been other shows that you watched instead of watching those whatever 200 episodes nine times like i think like there's an old for there's an old meme of uh of uh liking the office is not a personality trait oh that video is so good right and so i i back you up wholeheartedly wholeheartedly here perez i i want to say that and this is me talking with absolutely no skin in the game or no knowledge of how it was in the 90s i feel like Office fans are this decade's like Seinfeld or Friends fans. It's more Friends than Seinfeld. Yeah, probably like, even, more Friends. Friends, yeah. I, Friends think, I don't know. I think it's Seinfeld because I think... No, Friends is still a personality trait for a lot of no, people. No, no, no. But I think there's a lot of people that like Friends, but I... I'm talking about the elitism of liking Seinfeld is similar to the elitism yes. of liking The Office much more than Friends is just people like... Like, I love Friends. That's my that's my favorite. I, like, Friends and 30 Rock are my favorites. I'm, I but I'm, I'm not intent or I'm not intellectually superior to you because I watch Friends. Where people who watch Seinfeld or The Office, they legitimately act like they're better yes. than you because they watch the most popular shows ever. I like Seinfeld. Like I like Seinfeld a lot. I'm not smarter or better than anyone because I watch right. the show. That's I only like the show because my dad liked so the show was always on. Like that doesn't mean anything. Right. I just Same, it's but- the portrayal for how people like absorb it into their personality as if it's a thing it's the same with like certain bands like a lot of like mark demacco fans are very like that in a sense that like they use his music as like a personality trait when it's not yeah no i um yeah it it 
like you said, when I was a kid, Seinfeld always used to come on after The Simpsons because I didn't watch it live. I think the last episode was 99. Yeah. Um, so I didn't, I watched it when it was in syndication. But yeah, I think Seinfeld and Office fans look down on each other or look down on other people. Others, yeah. And that's not right. And it's yeah. a shame because I love both of those shows. Yeah, I look down on The Office watchers. <laughs> yeah. I also I just figured out perhaps I could give you a third draft pick. Um, okay. In the Pokemon community, it's really annoying whenever anything gets announced because then everyone has these wild conspiracy theories and leaks and rumors that are just ridiculous. And they're like, oh, M- Masuda had a Lugia plushie in the background. Therefore, let's go Pichu and let's go Azuril are confirmed because he had a, he had a, you know, oh, he had a Cyndaquil picture. Uh, Judge, there. you should Therefore, know better. Judge, you should know better. Azuril wasn't uh, in Pokemon Gold or Silver. Azuril? The baby form of Meryl? Yeah. Yeah, was it in Gold or Silver? It was just Meryl. It just started and, at Meryl. It, and then they added Even it I knew that. Right. No, no, no. Well, hold on. Because this is just there embarrassing. Are, for, no, is because there are literally photos. There are mock-ups of the Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee like, switch box arts with Pichu and Azuril. There, people those, have made mock-ups of that. Those people are being so. I was giving a speci- I was giving you a specific example of something that actually happened within the community of people saying that these rumors were and these leaks were were real. So it's with every game they're like, oh, you know, oh, this tweet had you know four sentences in it. Therefore, Gen Four remakes confirmed, which we finally have now. But like, it that's probably the worst part about. Being in the Pokemon like community is just the in, incessant nonstop leak community. They're like, this is confirmed, this is confirmed, and they're just so toxic about it. I'll take your word for it, but you're right. I people just jumping the gun on a bunch of things. Um, you know what else right. I don't like, Perez? Hold on. What's that? I had an absolute banger reply to your St. John's tweet, and you never liked it. I was not in a good mood that day. Oh, <laughs> I was because not in a good mood. Because I have it up here. Talking about it. so, <laughs> so Perez posted a photo of Dick Vital drinking Pepto Bismol <laughs> because, and he said me watching St. John's in that game, uh, and it was St. John's versus Seton Hall. So Ted, I replied and said, "Sorry, I was rooting for Seton Hall. I wouldn't have if I knew it would cause you such nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea." I think that's a great that's a reply. Tweet. And Perez, no likes. I'm still looking at it. No it likes is, on it. It is, it is a good tweet. So <laughs> that's my fourth traffic for worst things on the internet is John Perez. <laughs> John Perez not liking my tweet. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good tweet looking back on it now. Um, we'll see. Maybe by the time this airs, it'll be liked or not, you know? Um, but yeah, I was very upset that they did not win. And it bothered me even more that Georgetown got obliterated in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> and it's just kind yeah. of like, dang, St. John's could have gotten obliterated. Or yeah, I, I don't know, say, God forbid, you know, been competitive. And I was going to say, St. John's could have done that? The classic. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, we could have lost to the 30. Do you think in Indiana they know who Patrick Ewing is? Or is that just a massacre Garden issue? <laughs> <laughs> um, he's come up with some of the best quotes over the last few years, the have you ever shot that shot? When? When have you ever shot that shot? A step back, one legged jumper. That's great. And then, you know, at the same time, just throwing it out there, everyone likes to dunk on the Knicks. It's a security guard doing his job. 
I agree. Yeah. You're supposed to wear your pass at all times. I understand that Patrick Ewing is one of the best, is the best Nick of all time, and he is seven foot tall, so he's very recognizable. James Dolan got stopped by security, and he owns the place. Like everybody, everybody relax. Yeah, here. but if they do that to James Dolan, it's all for the little mouse and people going, ha ha, get owned, loser, on Twitter. Right. Yeah. No, that's perception it. is a public perception is a funny thing. All right. I think we've gone a little too long with this, but that's fine. Uh, I want to thank everyone for hanging out with us. Ted has a new video out on Uberman of Steel called Tetris Review. And Judge, tell the people what you got going on. Not a whole lot. Uh, just kidding. Uh, sometimes I cast some competitive Pokemon uh, matches. We'll, you know, we'll see. Hopefully that can continue more once the uh, the world reopens, which who knows how long that's going to yeah, take. Yeah, when the, when the world reopens, the John Hawks podcast is over when everyone's yes. vaccinated. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> we'll have no, no reason to listen to John talk anymore because we can go outside. Well, uh, I'll, you'll still go on the subway. At least yeah. I will. Uh, but so you can sometimes I'll stream probably not a lot as as often now since the uh, you know the season's gearing up but you can catch me on twitch.tv slash zeminon that's x-e-m-i-n-a-n it's also what my twitter handle is as well I don't do anything don't find me anywhere <laughs> and judge is also uh, cutting every single video that is on um, mlb.com <laughs> Specifically on feels Facebook. Like it. Feels on, like on, it. Specifically on Facebook. If you, see a video, if you see a video on Facebook, that's two fifty nine. Let him know. <laughs> hey man, quality over uh, or quantity over quality. You know how it is. Yeah. If you have a complaint about any videos on MLB.com, he's the um, one to go to. Well, you could do that, or you can email. Let me get the address here: robert.manfred at MLB.com. <laughs> CC Joe Brown on that. That'd yeah. Be great. Right. <laughs> Can you imagine? I, st- I still do. Honestly, I still do remember for all the crap we've been through in all these years. I still think the funniest thing Versport ever said on my first day is he showed us the email directory and he, and there was a star because it said, it said asterisk magic Irvin Johnson. And he said, yes, that is magic Johnson's email. If any of you email magic Johnson, you will instantly be fired. <laughs> yeah, no, some of the, uh, some of the information we had there was uh, not meant for freelancers yeah to say to say the least but all right guys always a pleasure thanks for hopping on hey love to be here guys let's go play some tetris